You know, from time to time, is this really loud to anybody? Because to me it sounds really loud. No? Okay. So from time to time, I, I throw out uh, an email that says, this is the question of the week, and I'd like some feedback. Well, I didn't do that this week. I figured people are probably very busy, and they probably don't need an extra thing from me to try to, to help me out. So I, I had to come up with my own answers. But I think if you'd probably come up with the same answers. If I was to ask you, what are some of the facts of life? You know, what are some of those things that just are the way they are, whether you like it or not? Such as, uh, if you're going to be in competition, losing is part of competition. You cannot win every single time. Uh, life isn't fair. That's just a fact of life. We were talking about that in Sunday school today. Life is not going to be fair. We talked about all the good things, and we would love for that to be fair. Everybody to get the same thing for Christmas. Everybody get to have the same kind of experiences. But when it came to the negative things that happened in people's lives, we were glad that life is not fair. We did not want to experience everything that somebody else was given the opportunity to experience. Another thing, another fact of life is that age matters. Uh, and when, you're, when you're little, you want to go ride on that ride, a big roller coaster, and you're just too short, or you're too young to watch that movie, or you're too young to stay up all night long. That's just a fact of life. You've got to grow into some of those things. Another fact of life is that people are going to let you down. People are going to promise you, they're going to try as hard as they can to be somewhere, to fulfill what they said they're going to do, but things are going to come up and they're not going to be able to make whatever happened that they thought they were going to make happen. Does that make you happy? No, but we understand sometimes people say things they cannot fulfill. Uh, kids, you guys know this, especially the older you get in school. Homework. As the older you get, the, the more homework you have, the, the harder it's going to get. Now think about Caleb and, and Noah when they were smaller. I, and I was the same way. I love homework. I want homework. I want to go home and have books with me. Well, how long does that last? Not very long, but it, homework is a part of life. Paying taxes is a fact of life. You just have to. Uh, you're not going to be able to do everything that you want to do in life. You're like, it's too late for me to go be a wide receiver for the Seahawks. That is not going to happen. Um, you're not going to be able to buy everything that you want to buy. You know, the kids have Christmas money. We go shopping, the list is this long of all the things that I want. You just are not going to be able to purchase everything that you want. Um, the, the last one I'm going to share is one that my dad would say, um, is that life is tough and then you die. It's just a fact of life. It's, it's just going to be, it's just the way life works. You know, Sol Solomon has his own, what I would call, the facts of life. And we're going to look at these in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I think we look at them, we're going to say these are normal. We expect these things. These are just something that happens in life. We don't like them all, but we can look and say this is just the way life really is. And that he has, we're going to be looking at the whole chapter of three, and I'm trying to condense it down into two points. The first is that time is temporary. And that's verses 1 through 11. But we're also going to see that time is eternal. Temporary and eternal. Sounds like a contradiction, but I think... Probably most of you understand that, and hopefully by the time we're done today, you'll be able to recognize, yes, time is temporary, and yes, time is eternal. And if we have time, we better do make the most of it as long as we get to have it. So, first of all, we're going to see that time is temporary. So, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I want to start with verse 1. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. You think about this snow we have outside. It's going to be around for a while. We'd like it to maybe hurry up and get to the next season, but we know that it is not going to be forever. 
in the middle of July when it's 80, 90, 100 degrees and we said, I've had enough of that. We know that it is not going to last forever. Another season is going to come. That's kind of the same way it is in life. You're going to go through periods of your life where you're stuck with gobs and gobs of homework. You're going to go through periods of your life where you're stuck. I'm too young to be able to do this. I'm, I'm, when life isn't feeling like it's fair, but they're just seasons in life. They come and they go. Uh, time is temporary. Most of these things that Solomon says we can accept as true. The problem comes when we say, I don't like the timing of it. But we have to remember what God said through Solomon in verse 11. It says, he has set eternity in the hearts of... How about this? He has made everything beautiful in his time. Everything that happens has a time. It has a specific purpose. And when it happens the way God wants it to, it's something that's beautiful. It's something that's appropriate. It's something that's proper. You know, we think about life and death. You don't want things, these things to happen when it feels like it's too young, when I didn't have enough time with this person. But in God's timing, it's right. We, we, want, uh, to, we want to have, uh, just pick one. We, want to, we don't want to be sad. We don't want to have to, we want to be happy forever. In the proper time, these things are okay. But in the improper time, we see them as not, as not being a good thing. And so Solomon, he has this list of things that we're going to look at briefly. Uh, and have a little fun with, hopefully, as we see this time is temporary. So the first one, I'm going to call Solomon's facts of life. Fact number one is there is a time to be born. You know, uh, humans carry a baby, women, carry babies in their womb for about nine months. That's, that's the time it's supposed to be. Anybody know how long an elephant carries a baby elephant in the womb? 22 months. Good job, Lamar. Good thing I had that written down because I... I would just had to take your word for it. Um, rabbits, how long? Less than 30 days, that mama rabbit's hopping around with these baby rabbits in her stomach. Uh, but there is a time for these babies to come out. There's a time to be born. Whether they're female or whether they're male, whether they come out early, whether they come out late, and whether it's in the middle of the day or the middle of the night, there is a time for babies to be born. And obviously babies know this. Of every kind, you guys all knew this, because you came out of the womb at some point. Babies just don't know the time because they, that's why they come out in the middle of the night. That's why they come out in the car on the way to the hospital. But there is a specific time for the babies to be born. But there's also a specific time for, for people, for life to end, for animals, for whatever, for whatever's living, there's a time for it to die. You know, in today's world, we make, there are valiant efforts to keep people alive. There's, there's transplants that they couldn't do back in Solomon's time. There's blood transfusions. Uh, there's surgeries that they do. Uh, and in our human mind, it's our goal to try to keep you alive as long as possible. Right? That's what we want. We don't want to go through the sadness. We don't want to lose you. We don't want to say goodbye, hopefully only temporary, because we get to see you in heaven. We want to keep you with us. But for, for, for people, death is a doorway. Death is a doorway to what's next. And for those who know Jesus, it's a doorway to something that is better. We don't like it. It's sad for us, but it's a doorway to something better. It's a blessing to God because it says in Psalms 116, verse 15, blessed in the sight of God is the death of his saints. It's, it's a doorway. You're, you're coming up, but there's a proper time for death to happen. And, and in God's time, it is right. But on the flip side, we, we want to keep people alive, but sometimes people want to take life, and they cannot succeed unless God allows it. You think about people who try to commit suicide, 
And you, you feel like they succeed, because most of the time they do, but it's only because God allows it. There's, there's been lots of times where people have tried to shoot themselves, and they lived through it. Leslie told me of this story of this gal who tried to shoot herself, and now she's got some transplant face. She can't see, but she didn't, she didn't succeed in death. There's people who have jumped from the high heights that have survived. There's people who have tried all sorts of things that have lived because God says it is not your time for this to take place. Kids have survived abortion. They might come out a little mangled and a little bit different, but God says it is not their time. It is time for them to keep living. I have something in, in mind for them to do. People get in accidents and you think, they, how could they survive? Uh, people have gone over Niagara Falls. People have gone through dams. I'm like thinking, how in the world can you hold your breath that long? How do you make it through all the machinery? Whatever it is that makes a dam do its thing. People have survived that. That's incredible. You put me over that, I'm guaranteeing you, I'm not going to survive. But God says, for some people, that's what I want for them to do. There's a specific time. Even people who try to kill people don't always survive. You think about John, who wrote Revelation. You know, back in, back in the day, there was, I think it was Nero, who used to dip people in oil, and he'd light them on fire and use them for the nighttime lights for the party. Well, John got dipped in oil, and he survived. God said, you're not done with you yet. You're going to the island of Patmos, and you're going to write this book called Revelation for me. Because God has control over life, and God has control over death. That's a fact of life. Fact of life number two is there's a time to plant and a time to harvest. Uh, a time to plant and a time to uproot. We'll start with time to plant. Uh, there's specific times where you go out there and you plant your garden. When you plant your alfalfa, when you plant your hay, when you plant anything you're trying to grow. Anybody here pass anybody out there today doing that? Anybody interested in going out there and digging in the dirt and dropping the seeds and hoping these things start to grow? No, because you say that is not the proper time. Now, I don't remotely uh, claim to be able to grow anything or know when to plant things. All I know is that when you're supposed to plant potatoes, at least in Davenport, is Easter weekend. There's a guy that I knew who did it faithfully year after year, even if it was in March. He always planted his potatoes after the weekend of Easter, or, uh, Good Friday or in Easter, and it grew up. And it did what it was supposed to do. But if you plant things you know the proper time to plant, to plant these items that you're hoping are going to grow up. There's a time to plant things. There's a time to harvest. There's a time to uproot. You know, if, you're, if you have a, a, a bunch of corn growing, and you say this corn is not doing anything, it died, or it's just taking all these nutrients, but it's not growing anything, you say there's a time to get rid of this. When you're harvesting, you say the, the season's ripe. All the, the grain is uh, ripe. You say that the, the fruit, the strawberries are ready to be picked. You go and pick those things. It's just a natural part of life. There's a time to plant, and there's a time to harvest. Fact of life number three from Solomon is there's a time to kill and a time to heal. Now, time to kill, the word for kill is to murder, to slay, to destroy. And we don't necessarily like the idea of killing, but there's a time and a purpose for that. You think about if you're on the battlefield. You're, you're out there trying to defend yourself. That's a time where it's, it's proper, where it's a fact of life that death happens. There's a time to kill uh, and, and self-defense. Um, it could mean, though, that there's a time for death to take place. Like, uh, you think about big epidemics of sicknesses that have gone on through history. There's a time that God allows that to happen. We, we don't think it's fun, but it's a fact of life. It's something that happens, and God has allowed it year and year uh, over time. 
you know, you think about your animal. If you have a horse or a cow and I don't know at what point you say we cannot do enough or we've, we've already tried to do enough and you say, you know, my, my poor dog, I mean, he's just a little dog. He has, he has like no really earthly value. You know, if he, I love the dog, but that's, that's it. He doesn't protect me from the bad guys. He doesn't fetch my slippers. He doesn't do anything. I mean, he doesn't, he's just a dog. Well, if he gets uh, wounded enough, I'm not going to spend $900 to go get my dog to be fixed. He doesn't earn his keep. You know, he doesn't do anything. I knew this, this guy who had a dog, they named him, they changed his name to Tripod. Uh, because he ended up only having three legs after some point. But he was worth his weight in gold as far as rounding up the cows, as, round, as far as everything he was required to do, he was able to do it. I can see spending money on a dog like that. My dog, there's a time to put him down, right? He cannot, he does me no real good. He doesn't benefit me except for to be my friend, which is valuable, but there's a time to put him down. Just like I'm sure a horse with a broken leg or a cow that you say, this cow just is not going to survive. There's a time to kill it. There's a time to put it down. But there's also a time to heal, a time to cure, a time to repair. Uh, you think about Shad. You know what? He's got his shoulder worked on. There's a time to do it. You don't say Shad's done because he's got a bum shoulder. You know, my brother has a tumor in his brain. They're going to go and operate on that, I think, a week from Wednesday. You don't say he's done because he's got this problem. If you have a chance to go take care of it, you take care of it. I, I know different people in here have gone to get shots and stitches and surgeries because there is a time for these things to happen. God has blessed us with the, med the medical science, the ability to do amazing things. It's okay to go and, and get those things done. Uh, there's a time to, uh, verse 3b says, a time to tear down and a time to build. Uh, you know, I, I think about this uh, pretty often. Well, whenever I drive the bus on the south route, there's these, these grain bin. And Missy, I'm sure, knows, and, and Lamar knows that it, I'm sure in its day it was, it was gorgeous. He thought this thing was going to last forever. Now it's going like this, and it's like kind of falling completely apart. Whatever's inside is kind of coming out of it. And it's like, what do you, I think there's a time to destroy. There's a time to tear that thing down. It's not really, it's obviously not benefiting those people, but it, at some point it becomes a hazard. At some point it just becomes a nuisance. There's a time to destroy, a time to to, to get rid of things. I'm sure if you have a barn, you've, you've felt the same way, or if you've had a car that uh, isn't running anymore, there's a time to get rid of it. But there's also a time to build up, to establish, to repair, to cause to continue. My car with the flat tire, I took it to Baker. Uh, this is pretty embarrassing, but I needed my front left, no, my, my front right, my back left tires to be changed, so I took it there. Well, and I told her the front left and the back right. So my two tires that were causing losing air were still losing air. So I had to go back the next day and get the other sides done. I didn't just give up on the car. It's worth keeping. There's a time to try to, to help these things. When the, the faucet's leaking and you can, you know, tighten a little screw or, you know, there's the, the rocking chair's creaky. You know, you put the little whatever it is that makes it quiet, right? There's a time to repair it. a time to keep it going. That's just a part of life. You, you have time to get rid of things. You have time to try to keep things. Verse 4 says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn. And guys, you better listen to this. This is for all you women. This is not, this is not my words. This is Solomon. It says there's a time to dance. You know, 
break dancer or whatever, you know, the slow dance, your wife is going to appreciate you if you're willing to dance without stepping on her toes. There's a time for happiness. There's a time for sadness. And we don't want sad things, uh, but it's a part of life. A time to shed tears, a time to lament, a time to wail, a time to, to let your, your feelings come out. You know, when someone you love dies or someone you love is suffering, there's a time to cry. My wife is always telling me, if you just cry, you'll feel better. And it's true. You know, my, when I first heard about my brother with a tumor in his, his brain, it was really hard on me. Um, and finally, I just sat down and cried about it. He, he's still alive. He's still functioning. There's nothing happening with it. He's probably going to be fine. But I just finally had to just sit down, and I had to cry and, and get it out of my system. But there's also this idea of, I'm going to weep with you because you're weeping. I'm going to be sad with you or share your emotion with you because you're sad. I don't have to try to say anything. I, don't, I can't make you feel better. But if I sit with you or if you sit with me or you sit with each other, you're going to uh, be doing something that is scriptural. It says to weep with those who are weeping. But it's something that's going to benefit somebody. You don't have to have the right words. You cannot say something that's going to make somebody feel better. But sit with them in their emotion and it's going to help. It's going to help. But there's a time to be help, happy. I'm hoping this next year, 2020, that's all you get is happiness. You only get good experiences. You only get a smile on your face. You don't have to deal with anything sad. Chances are you're going to be happy or you're going to deal with sad things, but I want you to be happy. And I'm hoping that you have a lot more happiness than sad things. You know, it's okay to be happy when there's a birth. If there is, you get a good crop. If you get a promotion at work, uh, if your husband finally dances with you, which I should go do with my wife, there's a time to be happy. It's just a part of life. The next one says there's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. You know, rocks are just an inanimate object. They're just hard things that just sit there. They don't move. They don't do anything except for somebody or something makes them move. And, and, and there's times to scatter them, though. If, if, you, if they're out, you know, back in the Bible times, one thing that they would do to, I think, annoy the enemy is they would defeat the enemy and then they would take all these rocks and they'd throw them all over the field and make it very difficult for the enemy to be able to plant. They would have to pick all the rocks out of the field and then they could hopefully try to keep going. But you wanted to get them out of there. You destroy their land, you destroy their homes, and they just leave because there's so much extra work for them to do. Obviously, we're not going to go defeat anybody and throw a bunch of rocks in their field. Um, but there's also this idea of, of scattering stones by taking them and using them for something. Like they would use them for, uh, for building a house. They'd use them for building a fence, uh, for all, all, so, all sorts of kinds of things like that. Uh, a productive way, this inanimate object can be used for something negative, but it can also be used for something good. But there's also a time to gather stones. How many people here have ever had the privilege of walking around in a field picking rocks? Me too. And you know how that works if you've never done it? You, as a kid, I was like 8, 9, 10 years old. I'm picking up every single rock in the field because this is fun. And then after a very short while, I'm like, okay, this rock can stay. <laughs> I'm only picking up the bigger rocks. There's a time to do that. You want your crops to grow. You don't want them, uh, the rocks getting in the way. There's a time to get rid of these things. There's a time to gather stones. There's a time to get rid of stones. You kind of get the idea. These are just the facts of life. These are all temporary things. And I suppose I probably don't need to spend as much time on this, but 
God had Solomon write it down. I feel like it's worth discussing and cementing in our brains. Time is temporary. All these things are going to keep happening over and over and over. The next one, it says there's verse 5. B, it says a time to embrace and a time to refrain. It's kind of like saying there's a time to say hello. You know, back in their culture, they would give you a hug and they'd give you a kiss and it would be a very outgoing, obvious side of greetings. Like here, we just go and shake your hand. I didn't see anybody kissing each other. I saw like, here's a quick hug. I didn't see anything else besides that. But there's a time to say hello to somebody and there's a time to say goodbye. It's just a fact of life. You, you, people come, people go. We think it's sad when they have to go, but that's just a part of it. We, we don't all stay together. We can't all do the same thing. It's all temporary. It's all um, something we all experience that we may not all enjoy. The next one, it says, a time to keep and a time to throw. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, a time to search and a time to give up. I lost my car keys. I got to keep searching for that. I lost something else I really don't need. There's some point where I say, you know what, I'm cutting my losses. It's not really that important. Uh, but there's also a time to seek things like a lost soul. Somebody out there who needs Jesus, we have the honor and the privilege to get out there and try to find them and to share Christ with them, we, to go and to seek and to help save that which was lost through the, through the blood of Jesus Christ. But there's also a time to give up, a time to say, you know what, it's not really that important. There's a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Now, some, some people around Christmas time, they, they, or even just throughout the rest of the year, they say, I want something new, I'm going to go get it. That's totally fine, but if I have a whole bunch of these things already and what I have is just fine, there might be a good time to just keep what I have instead of going and replacing it with something else. But it, like, if, you're, if your car is dead, it's a good time to go and replace it. If, you're, if your shoes have a hole on them, it's okay to go and get something else. Uh, there's a time to keep, but there's also a time to give up. Almost as if to say, there's, you have the, it's okay for you to have a yard sale. You know, you have extra things around your house. It's okay to give something to somebody. It's okay to sell something. It's okay to get rid of something uh, because you don't need it anymore. It's just a part of life. Number, the next one says, um, there's a time to tear and a time to mend. Now, in, in their culture, uh, which is different from ours, if, if you are in deep anguish and deep hurt, a lot of people would just tear their clothes because they just, I got all this emotion stored up inside of me. I'm not going to demonstrate it. Um, I have all this emotion inside of me, and I can't take it anymore. And they'd sit in sackcloth and ashes in their ripped clothes. You know, it's almost as if there's a, a way to say it's okay to deal with your emotions. It's okay to, you don't have to stuff it and hide it. It's okay to deal with them and, and let those emotions out so that you can heal, so that you can become better for it. But there's also a time uh, where Solomon says, it's time to sew it back up. You know, we go, we, if I rip my shirt, I would not give my job, the, my wife the job of sewing it back up. It would just go in the garbage. In their culture, they didn't have the clothes like we would do. So they would have to sew things back up. And he says there's a time to deal with those emotions, but there's also a time to move away from them. You don't just get mad and stay mad forever. You don't just get sad and stay that way forever. There's a time to deal with your emotions, but there's a time to change and come back and say, okay, everything is fine now. That's kind of a picture of what we get. We're tearing the clothes and sewing it back together and saying, okay, I've dealt with my emotions. I've dealt with my feelings. And it's okay for me now to move on. There's a time where we need to do that. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. 
You know, you think about Job with his three friends. Job was going through his great amount of anguish. His friends sat there for seven days before they finally talked to him. And then when they opened up their mouth, they had nothing good to say. All they wanted to do was blame Job for the trials that he was going through as if Job did something wrong that he deserved all the things that he was going through. There's a time to be silent. You know, I, I want to throw in my last two cents in my fight with my wife. Time to be silent. I want to give my, my, uh, a little bit more advice to my kid who's already had enough of it. It's a time to be silent. Uh, I, I want to uh, jab at somebody who's already offended me. It's a time to be silent. But there's also a time to speak. You know, some people, um, I'd be careful, some people that I know uh, won't tell me, uh, back home, won't tell me their opinion of my life I don't think depended on it. They'll let me make my own mistakes because that's how they were raised. And I, I could have made bad choices in my life. I could have seen other people I've known make bad choices because they just wouldn't say anything. They just let you go through, yeah, I knew that was a bad choice. Well, why didn't you help me avoid that bad choice? There's a time to say, here's some advice. Here's what I have learned in life. Here's what might help you. There's a time to let somebody know that they've offended you. You know, if you can't swallow it, if you can't move it on, there's a time to finally say, you know what, Caleb, I was really bothered by this. I just cannot move past this. Can you please stop doing that? Or did you know that it bothered me the last time you did such and such? There's a time to speak. There's a time to give advice. There's a time to apologize. There's a time to let your mouth open and let words come out of it. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate. We all understand love. We get that mushy-gushy feeling about my spouse, about my kids, about my aunts and uncles, or about some kind of experience. We love, we get excited. But there's also those things, there's a time to love when you're not excited to love. My brother, hmm, he did such and such to me. My enemy at school, that kid who picks on me at school, I don't have any desire to love that person. But there is a time to love that person as well. We're supposed to love those who love us. We're supposed to love those who hate us. There's a time to love. But there's also a time to hate. And this isn't like turn around and hate people. You know, because God didn't call us to, to hate people. He calls us to love people. But we're supposed to hate the things that he hates. Like, uh, we're supposed to hate injustice. We're supposed to hate sin. God hates sin. He hates divorce. He hates lying. He hates favoritism. And if God hates those things, guess what I should do? I should hate those things so that I don't do those things either. But I also should hate uh, injustice in the world. There's a time to stand up for people who can't stand up for themselves. You think about abortions that take place. I should hate abortion. I should love the people who do them, but I should hate that process. And I should stand up for people who cannot stand up for themselves. Be willing to be, get involved because of the hatred of, of, for something that's so wicked. But I should also hate my family. I should also hate my job. I should also hate my sports or my hobbies. And, and that's, that's really difficult because those are the things that I really like. But God says, if, or Jesus says in uh, Luke chapter 14, 26, if I don't hate my family uh, more than I, in, in a sense saying, I need to love God more than I love those things. I, I got to hate those things to the point where I say, you know what, if it's you or Jesus, I'm picking Jesus. If it's you or basketball, I'm picking Jesus. If it's, if it's my, my hobby out golfing or Jesus, if it's whatever it is, got to choose Jesus over those things. i got to hate those things in comparison by choosing to put Jesus first. So there's a time to love you 
There's a time to hate the things that God says are more important than Him. I need to put Him first. There's a time for war and a time for peace. There's a time for conflict. You know, we, you think about our country going to war with another country. There's injustice. There's things that are not going to be resolved by sitting around a table. And it finally comes to blows. It finally comes to war to say, you know what, this is right. We're going to stand up for what's right. But there's also the conflicts that you have in a family, the conflicts that you might have with the coworker, the conflicts that you might have with the neighbor. There's a time to get involved and deal with those kinds of issues. But there's also a time for peace, for happiness, to say, you know what, no more fighting. I'm going to let that offense go. I can overlook what Caleb did to me, and I can move on, and so I'm going to do that. There's a time to get along. Time is temporary. You know, I was, I was born like 41 plus years ago, but it's not going to last forever on this earth. I might be blessed with 41 more years. I might be blessed with five more minutes. I do not know. Time is temporary. But Solomon is also pointing out that time is eternal. Uh, chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. says, He has made everything beautiful in his time. He also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they have cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has stuck something inside of each human being to say that, you know what? There is something more to this life than what you have right now. All these things happen over and over and over, but there's something more. Uh, you know, Solomon, he writes down in verses 18 through 20, he says, he kind of, because he's, he's going through this whole process of trying to determine what's really important, he makes some kind of odd, or not really truthful state, statements, because he talks about, you know what, my, my life is the same as the animals. The animal dies, so do I die, which is true, but he says, who knows whether they go up to heaven or not, or whether they go down into the earth and stay there. Animals have no idea that after they're done, they're done. And when their life is over, it's done. They, they don't even think about what's next. But God says, I've stuck something inside of each of you to know that there is something more. Your life does not just consist of planting in your garden. It doesn't consist just of getting rid of rocks, of, of, of just being the next person in a lot of people who live and who die. There is something more. He stuck it inside of you. A lot of people drown that out. They want to squash that because they know that if, if that's true, then there's a responsibility to live my life now to make a difference later. And that's what I'm, I just want to, I'm, I'm trying to just drive at the point that life now is temporary, but there's so much more that's eternal. Not a lot of people want to believe that, but it's true. Uh, Matthew 25, 46, it says, then they will go to a way to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. When you die, when you take your last breath, the doorway opens and there you go. Your, your soul keeps going. It doesn't stop. It doesn't do anything else like that. You just keep going to What's next? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have heaven to look forward to. You have this exciting time of eternal peace, of, of everything good that God has prepared for you that's waiting for you. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you have eternity waiting for you too. But that's going to hell. And that's some place you do not want to go. It's torment. It's fire. It's brimstone. It's, it's hell forever. And it's time to consider your eternity. Where are you going to go? What is that next life going to look like? Because you know this life is temporary. You know it is not going to be here forever. But it's also time to consider your choices. Because what you do now makes a difference later. It says, verse 15, Whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before. And God will call the path to account. In a sense, one way you can look at that is God's going to continue life going as it always has. 
Uh, there's going to be more planning. There's going to be more seasons until finally he says enough. But also, you're going to have to give an account for the life that you live. And sometimes I get really excited about that because I think, boy, well, I did a good job this last week. But I look over my whole life and I say, I, I, do not wanna, I don't want to give an account of what I did before God. I don't know how that's going to look. I don't know if he's going to have this great big list of all the things I've done that I did and didn't do. And I just have to sign my name and say, yes, I did it. I might have to give his oral account. God will throw it all into my brain. And I just have to say, okay, I did this and I did this and I did this. And how embarrassing is that going to be? That's going to be terribly embarrassing. God's already forgiven me. He's already separated my sins from me as far as the east is from the west. But I'm still going to have to give an account for what I have done here on earth. Is that a good thing? I mean, I, I mean, if I'm living my life for the Lord, then yeah. But if I'm going through stretches where I'm not caring at all what God says, that's going to be a, a scary, embarrassing experience when I get up to heaven, when I see Jesus. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. says, Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you the joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. But know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. You're young. You have lots of life ahead of you. You're going to go through the cycle of life over and over and over as far as planting and growing and, and happiness. Enjoy it. But just know that when you get to the end, you're going to have to give an account for what you've done. Solomon, he's developing. What do I do with this life? I've, I've tried everything under the sun. We already looked at the conclusion. We already know the conclusion. Um, I'm just going to touch briefly on it. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. He says, here's what, I, what I've come to. Here's the conclusion that I've realized. Life is going to continue forever until I, until I die, and then it's going to matter from that point on. How do I then live? He says, I need to fear God. Not to kind of fear like I'm waiting, like God's going to strike me dead, but because I love him and I want to make him happy, just like kids say, I'm going to try to please my parents. I'm going to say no to what I'm not supposed to do. But I'm going to keep God's commandments. I'm going to do what God is asking me to do. You know, looking back over the year, as I'm sure you'll do, 2019, you're going to look and see lots of happy times. You're going to think, think lots of sad times. There's going to be uh, memories you'll wish you didn't have to experience or rehash. Uh, you're, going to have, you're going to think of good things that you did and things that we would just rather forget. But the longer you ex live, the more you accept that these things are a fact of life. People are going to live. People are going to die. People are going to keep things. People are going to have to get rid of things. But that's not all there is to life. Eternity is what really matters. So, for the rest of 2019, which is only a couple days longer, and for whatever you get for 2020 and beyond, I want you to remember to enjoy this life. Solomon said, what's, what's, really, what's best that I can do is just to enjoy this life that God has given me. It's a gift from God. But just remember that it is temporary. It is not going to last forever. Just know that your life eternal is going to last forever. And make sure that you are making plans that you are prepared for eternity. Because that's going to come sooner than later. And when that time starts, there's no end to it. You have no chance to make things right. Those are some of the facts of life. The most important fact you need to remember is that you are not going to live forever. But if you want to live in heaven, forever with Jesus in heaven, you've got to put your faith and trust in him for salvation. And I encourage you to do that if you need to do that. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for uh, Solomon's wisdom that you have used to share with us. Uh, the things that just are, 
uh, whether we understand them or not, the seasons, the way that you have blessed us with uh, changing seasons. And I just I thank you for his wisdom and that we can learn from his life. God, please help us not to learn from our own mistakes, but to learn from what he has taught us uh, in your word to us. God, I, I just pray that as we go through the rest of 2019 and, and go through 2020, I just pray that you bless us with uh, more good times and bad times, God. That you would help us, though, God, to remember that this isn't it. That there's more to life than what we see than what we experience, God. That we know that eternity is going to come. Please, God, help us to be ready. If anybody here, God, is not ready to meet you, please, God, put that burden on them so, so heavy that they cannot help but uh, talk to somebody to, to, to make sure uh, that they know you so safely. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, God, for 2019. Please be blessed in our lives in 2020. I pray for this in Jesus' name. You know, from time to time,